everybody. Welcome to the next episode of The Bob Pod. I'm Bob. Our guest today is our new chief of police here in Beverly Hills, Chief Mark Stainbrook. But before we get to the chief, a few announcements. Here are some upcoming items that we're going to be talking about on City Council. We're going to be speaking about the extension of our Open BH outdoor dining program, certain safety operational concerns that we might want to put into place as we uh, embark upon how we can make Open BH a more permanent part of our city. We're going to be speaking about ways for the city to collaborate with our schools in order to make our schools an even greater draw for families to want to live in Beverly Hills, new families to locate here and our existing families here. We're going to be talking about traffic safety, the possibility of a city shuttle to get around town, in particular in connection with the metro that's going to be coming into town. We're going to be getting a report on our economic sustainability program. And before the Planning Commission this month, the month of February, there are discussions about the proposed Cheval Blanc Hotel. This is a hotel that's being proposed by the LVMH. Here are some fun events that are happening around town. This is Freeze Week in Beverly Hills. Freeze is an international art fair, and it has attracted many visitors to town, much enthusiastic response to Freeze Week in Beverly Hills. Separately, on the art front, there is a wonderful installation of William Wegman video artworks in the windows of the former Barney's building. Uh, William Wegman is the artist who often incorporated his dogs, his Weimaraners, into his art. It is a fun installation. You can see it as you walk by. First Thursdays is a continuing event in our city. It's the, as its namesake would suggest, the first Thursday of the month. Our next first Thursday is going to be March 3rd. And this is an opportunity for visitors and residents to come out and join the city. Uh, businesses, restaurants offer special discounts and other incentives for people to patronize their businesses on the first Thursday of the month. We are having a series of Wellness Wednesdays coming up. BHPD is teaching us a self-defense class, which is going to be Wednesday morning, 8 a.m., March 2nd. Two weeks after that, on March 16th, is a Harmony Fitness class, which is taught by a Taekwondo Grandmaster Ladon. And Grandmaster Ladon formerly was the head of the Taekwondo Association of Iran before she immigrated to the U.S., and then on March 30th, we're going to have the always popular pickleball at La Cienega Park. But now to get to our guest for this episode of the Bob Pod, Chief Mark Stainbrook. So Mark recently joined us. It's been about three months, I think, now from being chief of police for the Port of San Diego, in which he had responsibility for the San Diego Bay Area and San Diego International Airport. In that function, he was honored in 2019 as the San Diego County Law Enforcement Official of the Year. Mark began his career as a police officer with the Los Angeles Police Department in 1995. And while he was with LAPD, it did include significant service on the west side of Los Angeles, so he already knew our area. He also recently retired as a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve with 32 years of military service. While serving with the military, he served in Iraq, among other places, and was tasked with reconstituting the Iraqi police units in Baghdad. He's also worked with the State Department in Kenya, Chad, Nepal, India, and Thailand, trading their police forces in homeland security, counterterrorism, 
community intelligence and community policing, really a very broad background in police enforcement, and we're so happy that Chief Steinbrook is um, joining us here. And so, Mark, it has been a very busy introduction for you to the city of Beverly Hills and your, about your first uh, three months here. So, so to start off, you know, tell us about your first three or so months here. Well, I think the first week was uh, telling as to how busy it was going to be. Uh, of course, we've been sort of inundated with a crime spike uh, November and December and then with the unfortunate murder of Mrs. Avant on my, literally my second day from officially taking office, um, those tragic events, it was um, a very fast start. Uh, I felt lucky to come in with a command staff that was very knowledgeable and could help get me going in the right direction. And I was very impressed with the officers and the staff at Beverly Hills Police, their level of professionalism their dedication, their excellent relationships with the community. And I had mentioned to some friends that I, I know that um, when they asked me about my first week, I said, me and my command staff probably grew more in that first week than we would have normally in six months of um, just a normal transition for a new, new chief of police. And as I've gone to meetings around the county, it's been... Uh, Many of the other chiefs have come up to me and said, oh, my gosh, you had quite quite a first start in, in terms of the uh, just the crime and then the, the inundation of media here. And, um, you know, I should also mention that, you know, it's not just the police department, but, um, you know, working with you and the city council and the city manager's office, and Keith Sterling and, and media relations, you know, nothing's done on an island in the city of Beverly Hills. We're all a big team and we all work together to try to um, protect the community and inform the community and, and, and make sure we're doing all the right things. So it's not just the police department, but really it was my introduction into the whole city staff and how supportive everybody was and the greater community, which really uh, was supportive of the department and all our efforts and, and very understanding and concerned, of course, about what was going on. You know, the benefits of that fast start were that we really gelled and bonded as a as a city team and a department team. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. Um, in order to work well, to get to know the people that you work with, it often takes a lot of time, and it takes being down there on the front lines with the people in order to establish those relationships. And nobody would have wanted to have happened in this context. But very rapidly, you, you, you certainly did gain what normally would have taken a lot longer time to, to gain in, in terms of developing those relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And I always talk about relationships as being kind of my key to success. That's the first thing I talk about with our department, you know, our relations internally with each other, how we treat each other and, and how we get to know each other and work as a team, how we work with other agencies and other city departments. But also one of the most important things is our relationship with the community and taking that time to get to know people, get to know our businesses, um, being responsive to calls, being responsive to, to complaints or concerns. So certainly relationships, I think, are, are the key um, to any success in an organization or, or business or just, you know, obviously even in our personal lives. So people often have impressions about Beverly Hills. We are, after all the best-known small city in the world. And so now that you've had uh, three or so months to come to know us better, uh, so how do we score up with your impressions before you came here? 
That's a that's a great question because I think even when I worked LAPD, you know, you hear about Beverly Hills. I worked on the border with Beverly Hills, so I'd work with the officers who I always found very professional and helpful and responsive. But you know, Beverly Hills is on a pedestal, isn't it? It's it's probably the smallest well-known city in the world and international city despite its small size. But when you think about 35,000 people and 5.5 square miles, um, it's, it outpunches its weight, <laughs> so to speak. Um, so yeah, you have this impression of movie stars and glitz and glamour and um, all of that, all of those things. But then when you get here and you really start talking to people, um, one, I found that it's, it's just very, it's a very small, like small town feel yes. as well. Um, that people are very proud of the community and proud of services the city offers and their ability to interact with everybody in the city. You know, as you talk, I, I like to know about history. So as I talk to some of the folks about the history of Beverly Hills and the growth and, you know, people who were here early on, say, before Rodeo Drive was was known for what it is today, kind of the glitz and glamour that were just shops and business owners that kind of saw the city grow up in the area grow up, um, you realize what what kind of that hometown feel there is. And people talking about that generationally, they're the third or fourth generation to, to graduate from the high school or go through the school system. Um, so I like that that it's there's that long-term history and connection to Beverly Hills. And then when I met people in the city, they, they were really just so proud to be part of the Beverly Hills brand and associated with the city of Beverly Hills and working here. So even if they didn't live here, they felt part of being part of the city, being employed by the city, which I like. I like people that have that um, esprit de corps, you know, about where they work and that sense of ownership. Um, and then I just found the people here are so generous and so kind and giving. And every week I come in and people deliver food to the officers or they call me and say, hey, do you need anything? Can, is there anything we can help you with? Um, so just that generosity and that giving spirit, um, I think is very, uh, it's just awesome. And it, being so supportive of the police and public safety right now where some communities are having troubled relationships with their police departments, it's really refreshing. I think all the other chiefs of police are jealous of me. And um, I still look around and go, oh, my gosh, I'm actually the chief of Beverly Hills <laughs> Police Department. And I'm, I'm a little bit uh, a little bit in awe of that. Well, well, it still takes me by surprise once in a while to think about that and the kind of enormity that goes along with with being the chief here well i'll share that one with you uh mayor of beverly hills that one still takes me by surprise uh, sometimes <laughs> right. also uh, but what, right. you're, what you're saying re resonates i mean there are the imp uh, images people have of beverly hills of the celebrities but we really are a small town and people do know each other's uh, neighbors here and you were talking about our support for the police here in beverly hills which we really do have and your presence here really is enhancing that. I mean, I, I'm hearing only positive things uh, about your first time here, and we are so happy that you're here. Um, yeah, well, that's definitely nice. I, I throw it back a lot on my people. You know, one person can't just come in and change everything or make everything happen. Um, you already have a dedicated group of officers and civilian staff here that work hard and re really want to do great things. So it's nice to fall in on something like that. And then, you know, of course, I'm looking at ways to improve things and make things work together better. Uh, but 
I already feel, I felt really comfortable here very early on and I felt very supported and that uh, people were in, um, invested in my success. And as a leader, I always look back, look at how I can invest in other people and their success. And kind of when you do that, everybody everybody's successful and everybody wins. So you spoke about uh, improving things, things that were already good, but improving things, making things better. That was actually the next segue to what I was going to ask you, which is um, what, what is your vision for the police force in Beverly Hills? What are you working on short term? What are you working on longer term? Sure. Well, I always think it's important in leadership to think five to 10 years out. So 10 years out, who knows if I'll even be here as the chief. But what I want to see is those officers that are now here a year, five years, 10 years, 15 years, who will probably be here for a 25, 30 year career that they're set up for that long term success. So the first thing is invest in people, right? We want to mentor our staff, train them, coach them, um, make sure they have all the right equipment, that we're, we're looking forward to what the future of policing is and how we're, we're going to change over the next five to 10 years. So trying to set the conditions for the success of the organization. So I think the goal of every police chief or every leader of any organization should be um, succession planning and, and looking for people who are going to be the next chief, the next captains, the next lieutenants, and start preparing them uh, for those positions of responsibility. And it's always, a, I came from the outside of the organization, of course, which uh, I'm happy about. But I think the goal should always be to find internal candidates who can come up through the organization because that motivates people to see that they, they could achieve a, an officer today. And I think about these young officers that we're hiring at 22. It seems like yesterday I was the start of my career. They could be the chief in 2050 if they had a 30-year career now. It's kind of really mind-blowing to think about with technology, what technology will be in 2050. Um, but are we preparing that? first year officer to one day be the chief and could they say I have the potential to be the Beverly Hills chief one day that's how I want them to feel so the first thing is kind of people and um, making sure we're setting an intentional culture here of um, uh, good relationships ownership into the department and that everybody can take the initiative um, here so something I call ROI that we're trying to instill and then the, the, another part of it is the technology we have here in Beverly Hills, as you pointed out and before I ever came, but you've been involved in making sure Beverly Hills has the best camera system, you know, to protect our city and, and other types of technologies that we're introducing, like license plate readers and drone technology. So we have these things. Uh, one of my goals is to look at how we use technology as a whole and how we integrate all those three systems. And so one thing I talk about is right now we use them very retroactively. So we have a crime and this has been very successful for us lately. We go back to the cameras and we look at the cars and the vehicles and the people that were in the area. And we've had good investigative success following up on those leads, uh, most recently being a major search warrant that arrested four suspects or three suspects and recovered a number of guns and evidence. But we're doing it retroactively. The question is going forward, could we be more proactive in trying to stop crime and criminals right. before or even as they're entering Beverly Hills and getting resources deployed to do that? I think that's a little tricky because obviously you're trying to figure out who's coming, when they're coming and what they're going to do. 
But unfortunately, we've been targeted and we know we've been targeted by people even in other states and other counties and other parts of the region to come here and commit crime um, um, for obvious reasons. And uh, now we have to figure out how to use our resources to combat that problem. And so some of it's very tactical and technical on the ground. And then the second part of it is the political fight, which I know you and the council are leading to, to do things at a regional level to help us get the support we need out of the criminal justice system. So two parts to that, but what, what I know I can do is direct our resources um, and our technology in a better way. So, so we're starting to work on that in the department and um, we've developed, we're developing a roadmap that, you, you know, I hope to present at some point in city to city council in the future and show, show what our roadmap looks like. And, and I should mention to the private security because you and the city council have been very good about helping us um, get that extra layer of security using covered six and NASTAC and contracting with them to provide that additional flexible support that enhances our, our coverage on the ground. And I know that you've um, shared some statistics with us, actually astounding statistics of repeated arrests of the same individuals. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? You know, quick history lesson, going back about 10 years, there are a number of propositions and laws that have been passed over the last 10 years that um, essentially, you know, changed the criminal justice system in California. Some of it was about... um, releasing more people from prison, reducing the sentences for laws that are on the books, or completely getting rid of some um, some things as being illegal, that some chiefs have said, you know, this is potentially going to lead to more crime. And then you had COVID, which changed uh, the way the health system worked, which included the jail. So they tried not to keep more people in jail, so, you know, not to spread COVID theoretically. Um, And then, you know, more locally, you have our district attorney who's changed his processes in the district attorney's office uh, to reduce bail, uh, not even prosecute on some misdemeanor crimes, and not to uh, use enhancements as much, although I just saw an article that he may be changing some of his stances on that due to recent events, but not not do enhancements on certain violent crimes like gun enhancements or filing special circumstances. So in totality, what that's done is put more criminals back on the street very quickly. And and they may not be in a position to do anything else but reoffend in terms of surviving and getting money or whatever it is that they're after at that time. Unfortunately, we know a lot of criminality is tied to drug and alcohol addiction. It's tied to mental illness. Um, but for some people, it's just that's what they do for a job every day. And we've seen that before. So I've, we've had several recent examples where the criminals are out so fast that they're already back on the street literally before we're done the case for the day. Um, and I can give you one example that covers a lot of things I'm talking about. A organized criminal group came in from Florida, four people. They rented a hotel room near the airport. They got a rent-a-car, and they drove directly to Beverly Hills and started going into our high-end retailers and stealing as much as they could, as fast as they could, over a period of several days. We ended up going in pursuit of them in a vehicle pursuit, arresting them, taking them to jail, booking them. 
But what we figured out was they had that hotel room and we wanted to go back to the hotel room and conduct a search warrant, which we did. While we were there conducting the search warrant, they showed up because they had already bailed out that day and were already back to collect the tens of thousands of dollars that we found in their hotel room of, of goods that they had stolen the previous few days. It's completely ridiculous. And more than likely, they'll go back to Florida and never face California justice. And we just had another case with people from Minnesota coming in to do the same thing. So it is out there in social media, in the in the world of the internet, that, oh, go to Beverly Hills and commit crime because they have a lot to steal and uh, you're not going to get caught. And if you get caught, if you do, you're going to get right out and, you know, you're not going to be punished. And so it's leading to this this kind of feeling that, of criminalities acceptable. Right. Well, well people so. should also get the message, and especially with your help and all the officers working with you, that if people do commit crimes here, they are going to get caught. Oh, we're, we're coming yes. after you. And yes. I know we briefed you on the case that I referenced, the search warrant case. Multiple cases of people from far away coming here to commit robberies and multiple robberies involving guns and stolen cars and um and, and several uh, violent uh, attempts. And we have gone out and broken up that criminal group. But at least one of those individuals, we arrested twice within 30 days, the second day I was here. Right. And 30 days later, almost to the date, because he had been released on the first incident that included assault on an officer, uh, pursuit, guns, uh, conspiracy to commit robbery, and yet already back out on the street within 30 days and caught again doing the exact same thing in another pursuit, more guns, uh, more criminality. And and this was what gets frustrating for me personally and for the officers um, because they feel like other parts of the criminal justice system are not being uh, as effective and efficient as they should be. And, and we could hope that with political action um, supported by all of city council that we can hope to move the pendulum back as regards that. So so one last question as we draw to the end of our Bob pod. Uh, I know you're a reader, and I know that you like to share books with your officers. So right. what, are you, what are you and your officers reading now? Oh, thanks for the question. So I have actually put out a memo with uh, books for what I would consider good for different ranks. So starting with police officers and then, you know, field training officers, sergeants, lieutenants, and above, but what, what I like to do when I come into an organization is uh, read a book together. So all my command staff, all my lieutenants and above, and uh, some, of, some of our key civilian staff, like our dispatch supervisor and our record supervisor. But we read the book together called The Culture Code by Dan Coyle. And we just did chapter five last week. And what we do is we read a chapter a week and we have a weekly meeting and then we take uh, 30 to 45 minutes at the end, someone presents the chapter and talks about what the chapter meant to them, what it meant for the department, and um, how we could use it as a team going forward. And it really, it really kind of in a neutral way brings up some really good conversation okay. about leadership styles and our culture and strategies and gets people talking, um, putting, putting them literally, if you will, on the same page of, of the book anyway. And, and I find that it's helpful um, because, you know, if you and I don't know each other, Bob, and we read a book together and we started discussing the book, it would bring out so many different ideas and thoughts and put us on common ground in so many ways, but also maybe tell us where we don't agree on, on certain issues. 
And so I've always found it's a good way to get your staff um, working together as a team and, and more effectively. So it takes a few months, but I look at it like a leadership retreat. Instead of doing it in one or two days, you do it over the course and spread it out over the course of four months. And then it stimulates conversation and action through through those four months. So Captain Albany's presented last week, and she actually gave us three tasks to complete during the week. And so so now, uh, and everybody was furiously scribbling these down. So when we meet again next week, we'll follow up and see, you know, what everybody did on those action items, if you will. So it's fun, and uh, everybody here has been really supportive and engaged and come up to me, hey, I read this in the book, and this is what happened. It's just fun to see the kind of growth in the department uh, in terms of our leadership styles. So that's great. So here we are, Beverly Hills. We have the Beverly Hills Police Department Book Club. We have our upcoming guac with the cops, guacamole with the cops. So other places have coffee with the cops. We're having guacamole with the cops at uh, Variety Mexican Restaurants. And so Chief Chief Stainbrook, Mark, uh, thank you so much for being here, for taking part in this episode of The Bob Pod. And this episode and all episodes of The Bob Pod are available at beverlyhills.org slash bobpod. Thanks to everybody. And stay tuned for the next episode of The Bob Pod.